Aloha, everybody. This is Marnie, your host for the Golden Thread Podcast. And today we have Harmony of DefineHarmony.com joining us from her home in Oregon. Um, I'm very, very excited about bringing her onto the podcast today because we're going to be talking about some big astrology topics, which is very interesting for me to dive into topics like this. And let me give you a little bit about her background before she comes on to the program. So Divine Harmony, and that's her name, her real name is Harmony, I learned this, um, is a mother, mystic, astrologer, writer, and teacher. And her background is in depth psychology and spirituality. And she works to weave together the dark and the light, the mundane and the sacred, in the depths and the heights in order to support personal awakening, healing, and wholeness. And she sees astrology as an amazing alchemical tool of self-understanding and living a more conscious and integrated life. Does this sound familiar? I feel like I'm talking to myself. This is amazing. Her work includes teaching at yoga and consciousness festivals, um, teaching beginning and intermediate astrology classes online and writing extensively and consulting with clients. And she has a real special interest in the divine feminine. Once again, go figure just like me, the dark feminine shadow work, conscious relationship and learning how to raise the new children incarnating on the planet today. Welcome, welcome, welcome Harmony to the Golden Thread Podcast. Mahalo for hearing my call. Local sister and we learned that we both grew up on Oahu together. <laughs> yes. Thank <laughs> you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be on this path and um, as I just said that you were you were on Oahu and so you're you're now in Oregon but what brought you to your path and how did you get to where you are today So yeah I grew up in Hawaii I was there we I was born in California but we moved to Hawaii when I was 8 and I uh, spent the rest of my childhood and graduated high school Kamehameha um, and then I ended up going away to college to the mainland and I was raised born again Christian so we were very religious and uh, when I went away to college is the first time I actually got exposed to astrology I had not heard of it before um, I think it was like a you know some magazine horoscope was probably the first like light bulb and I read it and it was just like huh there's something there and I have a like a very kind of scientist mind at a certain point I wanted to be an astronaut or a marine biologist like that was my plan <laughs> and so when I see something that goes you know hey there's something here I have to study it I have to research it I have to investigate it I have to understand why and so that led me down the rabbit hole and to the point where within a few years of hearing of astrology, friends knew like Harmony's birthday, get her astrology books. Like, you know, everybody was getting me presents that were like astrology presents. And um, it just, it was initially just my passion. So much so that I would even tell people cause they were like, wow, you're really into astrology. Do you think you'll become an astrologer? And I would say, oh no, I'll never be an astrologer. <laughs> I'm like, I just do this for myself. <laughs> and you know, it was like famous last words and kind of the universe actually had to push me. I went to grad school at Pacifica Graduate Institute and we had to do like field work and I was doing something else, it changed. And I ended up interning with an astrologer, Eric Francis, for the summer. And he taught me how to ride a horoscope. And then as soon as I was done with that, my friend built a spiritual website and he's like, why don't you write the horoscopes? And I was like, well, I don't really know how to. And he's like, didn't you just learn? And I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> so he got me writing horoscopes. So the first horoscope, I think, 20 of my friends and family read it. Yeah. By the end of the year, I had like 3,000 people reading my horoscopes each week. Wow. Like it literally just kind of happened overnight. And then I, I, you know, it's literally been like the universe going, okay, it's time for you to do this now. You know, mm -hmm. I somebody had to make me 
do a reading that they would pay me for for my first paid reading. Like, you know, I just kind of kept getting pulled. So it all just sort of unfolded and, um, you know, being divinely led by the universe. And of course, astrology, I've been studying for 24 years, but I weave with that depth psychology. I have my master's degree. I've been studying that for 14 years. Mythology, uh, priestess studies, goddess studies, um, shadow work. I've been in a five-year intensive training with my shadow work teacher. And most recently, I'm actually doing psychic school and channeling school. So. <laughs> so I got a lot going on. I always like to learn more. I just think it's so good to keep your brain like you know, the neuroplasticity, like keep your brain open and expanded and always finding people who are, you know, have mastery over something that I want to learn. And so that's my next part of my path is the psychic channeling thing. <laughs> I love it. And I, I feel like it is part of the, it is part of the path. Like you, we were discussing before we got on, it's like we all started somewhere and sometimes we don't really know how we're led to the parts that we're led to, but it's all such a beautiful learning of, of many different facets of spirituality or learning about angels, learning about crystals, learning about energy, learning about astrology, learning about Western astrology, learning about Vedic astrology. And we need time and you need a really good teacher. And, you know, for the most part, we're not going to have a huge part of our life dedicated to just one subject. Like I love learning so many different things too. And I think that's why when I read your bio, I was just like, this is like a mirror. This is so amazing. Like I love doing all that stuff too. And um, I think it's important for us to keep growing and evolving as human beings so that um, we can have the most incredible authentic experience possible. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think all the different things that we can be drawn to can actually weave together. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe initially shamanism and astrology look different or, you know, crystals and essential oils look different, but there's actually a way that they all connect and then they could weave through you in some unique way. It could be part of why you're being drawn to all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> love it i love it let's go into um a little bit of what kind of astrology you've decided to kind of focus is because i think we all have a a base i mean we need to all jump off of a, of a springboard somewhere but you know there are so many different kinds of astrology and i wanted to ask you like what kind are you working with and then could you tell me a little bit more about that yes yeah so my background is western astrology there's i mean there's so many kinds of astrology each culture has their own astrology egyptian and mayan and hawaiian and burmese and like you know so um traditionally when people are talking about astrology if they're into astrology often the two that are kind of the main ones are either western tropical which is what i do or vedic um which is sidereal and you know the main difference between the two is western is based on the seasons so the moment the sun is at zero degrees of Aries at spring equinox in the northern hemisphere, that would be um, considered, or the moment, sorry, that we have spring equinox in the northern hemisphere, that would be the moment of the sun moving into the first degree of Aries. For Vedic and or sidereal, it's uh, more aligned with the constellations, um, not about the seasons. And so there's more of like this connection with the stars as they're moving through the sky versus uh, Western is more about the seasonal connection to our earth. They're both important. They're both insightful and they're both right. (laughs) They're just like different viewpoints. The way I kind of visualize it is like blind people, you know, touching some part of the elephant. And it's like, yeah, you're actually seeing one part of the elephant. And then this other one is as well. Um, so I have studied some Vedic, I'm really into the stars, the fixed stars, and that brings you into paying attention to the constellations. So I weave that into what I do as well, but I'm mainly Western. (laughs) 
mainly Western. Okay, yeah, and I think that, well, we're in the West right now and we're really familiar with that. And so many people who are listening to this probably would know what their sun sign is, like where they were born when the sun was, and we've just moved into Pisces, which is really, really uh, my risings in Pisces. And so we, I think that that's kind of the common language right now that everyone's used to Western um, astrology. So if you're listening to this, and that's kind of what Harmony is saying is that she's works mainly with Western astrology. And even within that, there's so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> there totally is. I'm also Pisces rising, by the way. Another thing in <laughs> Probably God. why you resonate with my bio. <laughs> right, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yes, Mystic Mamas over here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, one of my favorite astrologers growing up was Linda Goodman. Do you mm -hmm. remember her work? Yeah, I, I have her. Yeah, I was fascinated with her for so long. Um, but let's go into the topic that we wanted to cover today, which uh, really is about the age of Aquarius. And and this is kind of this term that's that's floating around in all the spiritual communities and now in all the yoga communities and all the healing communities and all the like wake up high conscious vibe platforms, age of Aquarius, age of Aquarius, everybody's like hopping on the age of Aquarius train. So today we wanted to talk about that and what that really means in the great year. And, um, and we can't answer questions per se. So hopefully we will cover as much as we can in this. And, you know, Harmony has, a free webinar this coming Saturday that we're going to give a link to that goes over this really in depth with screenshots and and graphs and things like this but since this is a podcast we wanted to talk about it and share with you guys what we know yes so the age of Aquarius speaks to a 26,000 year cycle that you know our earth when we're just on our earth and we're doing our little rotations like we have our our experience here on earth but there's a bigger picture experience we're part of a you know a milky way galaxy <laughs> there's a lot more out there and we have something called the precession of the equinoxes which essentially in a 26,000 year cycle the equinoxes which the main one they're focusing on is spring equinox but you know fall equinox or autumnal is the mirror of that um the spring equinox moves through all of the constellations and or the signs uh in a 26,000 year cycle so the thing is it moves one degree every 72 years so it's not something that you see in your lifetime you know it's something that is tracked over thousands of years and has been recorded by astronomers and astrologers and it's part of this greater cycle that goes beyond you know human um lifetimes <laughs> and so it is a, a slow moving thing but every 2160 years we move into a new age there is a lot of discussion even I would say arguments about over when this starts, has it started, has it not started, when does it end? And I actually go into that in depth in my webinar um, because there's a lot of detail to this conversation to understand. But I can tell you that based on my understanding and not just mine, uh, other astrologers and calculations, we are in it and you can kind of feel it. I mean, actually, that's one of the first ways I tend to do things is I will have dreams, intuitions, feelings, and then I go look for the science, the math, the proof, um, because I feel like our bodies tell us, you know, a lot and our, and our intuition, if we're really aligned and attuned, we'll pick up on things. And when I asked everybody in my class the other day, do you feel this age of Aquarius energy? And everybody was like, yes, you know, it's like this, it's this amplifying energy that's heightened, that's expansive, but it's also kind of destabilizing because that's also part of the shift into a new age is it's, there was an old order and a new one is coming in, but what needs to happen? So something new can come in, the other thing has to kind of die and complete. 
and we're we're in that space of and the transitions take hundreds of years so this isn't like one day on the calendar and a 26,000 year cycle it's it's a it's a transition of a hundred you know 200 300 years based on the different um, ideas that are out there and so we are in it and it's about this shift from Pisces to Aquarius the ages go backwards um, and Pisces, you know, is supposed to be associated with Jesus Christ and, and the Christian tradition. It's Pisces the fish. I love Pisces. Pisces is mystical and intuitive and magical and spiritual. But there's also a shadow. And usually the shadow gets magnified, especially towards the end of a cycle, at the end of an age. Um, and the shadow of Pisces is delusion and deception and mass manipulation and um you know the the tendency of us putting all that divinity out on you know god and jesus and maybe the priests who are the inter you know the people who we can connect with the divine through um there's a lot of faith and belief which is beautiful but it can also be ungrounded and out to lunch and it could be wrong you know an Aquarius is an air sign, even though it looks like a water sign, it's symbol, it's an air sign. And air is about clarity of mind. Air is about discernment. You know, air, where Pisces just believes, air goes, well, show me, I want to understand. You know, there's a level of um, discernment that's required with the Aquarius energy. And of course, Aquarius has to do with like technology and um, and that even there's a big shadow I talk about in the webinar. I have like a whole slide on the shadow of the age of Aquarius because when a new age comes in, it doesn't just mean like, oh, yay, the great positive only love and light energies are coming in now. It's yeah. like it's a frequency. And just like anything, you know, magic, money, power, anything can be used for good or not, you know? Same thing with these new ages and these frequencies that are coming in. We can use them in positive ways or we could use them in not so positive ways. And so, you know, I go into that, like stuff around artificial intelligence and, you know, our, our way of manipulating nature and thinking, you know, being so isolated, like, oh, we can just, you know, I don't know, I just saw this article today where they want to like block the sun. They want to spray stuff in the air to block the sun because they think it'll help with global warming. And it's just like, hmm, like, are you really thinking this through? Because nature has a rhythm and a balance. And the moment you as a human intercept that and like put something in there and you're not divinely awakened but you're acting like god and interfering that can create problems so these are things we need to be aware of as we move into this you know or we're in it but like as we move further into this age and this age this age of aquarius as you were saying we moved out of the age of pisces or as we say it's the age of the guru meaning the, the one focal Mm. into Aquarius the community like open all of us we are all as one um I do notice the energy of the frequency of it and it's fast and transformative it's big thinker it's humanitarian um my moon's in Aquarius and so it's helpful because <laughs> I understand the frequency um you know and I think that if people out there are noticing it uh what is the what was the distinction in the Mayan calendar um, of 2012, I think it was? Where yeah. did they say that was the beginning of, and I know this is where we kind of go into this debunking or not knowing, and like you said, we're in it and we've been in it and there's so many different dates. When did it officially start? And, you know, how do we know? But maybe some clarity about that? Yeah, so Mayan. For them, the end of their great year, the Pleiadian year is what they call it, which is also a 26,000 year, was on December 12, 2012. And, you know, there are some people are like, well, what really happened? But I actually find that portal of 2012 to 2020 was really profound. 
Yeah. Like there was a lot that happened in that time. I think they were quite on it. <laughs> and we've just been in this first eight years of, you know, what I haven't studied mine in depth, so I can't speak to the nuances. I can also say I've recently been kind of reading and, and following a Toltec, um, uh, Aztec astrologer or teacher. And in that system, I think it's March 12th. Is it 12th or 11th? 11th or 12th? I think it's 12th we move into the sixth sun which is a new um apparently based on what i've learned from this person recently is a new like six thousand year cycle so like there's between 2012 and this year there's been a lot of like doors closing and new doors opening i guess you could say and 2012 was that last transit of Venus over the face of the sun. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. There was like two of them. There's one in 2004. There was one in 2012. In 2004, I was in Egypt, or sorry, not Egypt, India. <laughs> and in 2012, I was in the south of France for these transits. And um, they're rare. They happen every 100 years or so. And then it, the Venus cycle is an eight-year cycle. And Mayan is very attuned to Venus. So at 2012, we had the second of those transit over the sun, which is super rare. And then we had another eight year Venus cycle to 2020 and we had COVID. Mm -hmm. And I actually, in 2019, the very end of 2019, I was interviewed for like the astrology of 2020. And the guy who interviewed me actually reached out to me recently. He's like, you know, it's been really interesting to re-listen to your interview. (laughs) Because I had said, we, we at the very end of 2020, we had that, profound winter solstice with Jupiter conjunct Saturn, the first degree of Aquarius, which symbolizes, you know, winter solstice is the rebirth of the sun and um, Jupiter and Saturn at the first degree of Aquarius is like kind of activating that beginning energy of Aquarius. And I said, you know, we've got the birth, we can kind of visualize it as like the birth of the age of Aquarius at winter solstice. And up until now, It's been gestated, it's been in the womb, it's been, you know, a vision, an idea, a dream, but now it's coming fully through. And all of 2020 is like those, that last hour of labor. How lovely. (laughs) And it's like, and it'll be intense. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. I said that. Yeah. You know, and now we're in 2021 and with this metaphor, I talk about this a lot in the webinar, but with this metaphor of a baby that was just born, now it's like, what do we do with this baby? How do we nurture and nourish it? How do we make sure it lives to grow in its fullest potential? Like that's where we're at now. And one thing I also want to say, it'll be in the webinar, but like these transits like Jupiter conjunct Saturn and Saturn square Uranus 2021 and whatever you know these are all earth-based transits we live on the earth we see them we look at them from here so transits planetary transits are not the same thing as these great age cycles but they are related Like the way that I see it is we have these, you know, these slowly moving ages, takes 2000 something years to move through an age. And there's a frequency that's coming through with the age, but then the planets pull that energy into our solar system and bring it into the earth experience. And then we as embodied human people bring the energy down to the earth so you know because then sometimes these astrologers who are arguing they're like we're not in the age of Aquarius yes we are and then some of them will be like you know these transits are not the same as ages they're not even related and they aren't but they are also you know everything's interconnected um so they they bring in that energy that's out there and it's like these little portals you know of time where the energy floods the planet and then we have a choice in what we do with it. <laughs> yeah. It's so much to comprehend, but I think that you have a wonderful way of making it very simple for people to, to understand. I, the main thing I think is like how profound this time is. Oh Just as you were saying, you know, that it moves one degree 
every how many years? 72. 72. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's pretty significant, right? Yeah. Like you might see one, one and a half degrees in your lifetime of movement. And it's so small, unless you're like an astronomer or astrologer and you know how to track things, you wouldn't even notice it. Right. <laughs> yeah. According to Western astrology, when would you say that the age of Aquarius like, like began then? Well, so in this, again, I go into this in the webinar because there's like a lot of context to this answer, but it began in the 15th century. Um, but the way that I visualize it is you divide the age into four and first fourth of the age is the baby in utero being gestated. The second one is the baby being born. It's a child, it's growing adolescence. The third is adult. The fourth is elder and then death as we move into the next stage. So we have just tipped into the baby being born. Into the baby being born. Yeah. So we are in the baby stages of Aquarius. Yes, as yes. you were saying, like we kind of went through our last labor, our last push out of out of Pisces and emerged, you know, with all this Aquarius, which by the way, there's so much Aquarius happening right now. I mean, like that new moon last week, we had six planets in Aquarius. And then like less than a week later, we've got the two planets that rule Aquarius squaring each other. And all year they're squaring each other. It's it's very like- Can we I mean, talk about that a little bit? Which one? The square, the two that are squaring all year. Yeah, so Saturn is the ancient ruler of Aquarius and Uranus is the contemporary ruler. Saturn is the last of the visible planets. So we actually didn't discover Uranus, Neptune, Pluto till we had technology. So we can't see them with the naked eye. So once we started discovering these outer planets, they got given rulership of signs. So Aquarius has two rulers, Saturn and Uranus. And the way I really see transpersonal planets is they are like the furthest out that we're aware of, you know? And they reach out to those galactic energies and pull in those frequencies. And then they translate to the physical, uh, visible, sorry, planets that we can see. And then those planets bring them to earth, you know, and then we embody them or not, you know, to us. <laughs> um, so Saturn, it's fascinating, <laughs> the square of these two, because Saturn is the old, Uranus is the new. Saturn right. is the past. Uranus is the future. Saturn is what we've always done that's stable and secure and known. And Uranus is revolution, liberation, change. They're as opposite as you can get. And when they square each other, it's really like being between a rock and a hard place. And it's really magnifying. It's fascinating. I've been checking in with my friends and family. How are you guys feeling? And it's like, whichever archetype you tend to overdo, the other one's coming in to kind of like upset the apple cart, you know? So like people who overdo Saturn, who are like resisting change, holding on to the old, rigid, not open-minded, not interested in, in evolution or, or, you know, letting go of the past, they're getting their boat rocked by Uranus, the disruptor. And then there's other people who are very Uranian, you know, and they're all about change and the new frequency, but they're ungrounded. They're not committed. They're not seeing things through. They're not being masterful. So Saturn's coming in and rocking their world. And really there's a need to hold both of them. They both have gifts. You know, Saturn is mastery and integrity and accountability and like being, you know, having a foundation beneath yourself, within yourself, even actually first and foremost, then beneath yourself within, because sometimes the other foundations are like falling apart. But if you can access that foundation within, you can move through chaos. And Uranus is amazing in terms of like illumination and insight and literally like bolt out of the blue awarenesses can be like Uranian and yeah. scientists like who come up with these amazing new ideas, they always have like strong Uranus in their chart. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's very, you know, I've heard so many stories these last days. I mean, I, 
I know people whose loved ones are in the ICU with COVID and I've heard of several people finding out their parent has stage four cancer and just found out and like there's a lot of like shocking things happening um and there's also a lot of you know eye-opening things happening of course there's we were just talking before about texas what's going on in texas i mean that's very you know not the highest expression necessarily but it's definitely very saturn uranus it's like unexpected um Yeah. yeah or what's happening in myanmar right now too that's yeah. very much like what's going on how did this happen overnight how yeah that that is the uranus energy literally it can be overnight mm-hmm. or in the moment i mean you know i i really started tuning into uranus earlier in my life because i had all these uranus transits and literally to almost the exact minute of the transit being exact, my life would change, like radically. Like, and I would look at the astrology. It wasn't like, oh, this, you know, maybe it's exact at 2.44 on Tuesday, but a few days before, it was like, literally, it'd be like 2.41. And then something shocking, something unexpected, something freeing, like, yeah. And I was just like, geez, you're on it. (laughs) works like right on the moment (laughs) so in tune so in tune which is really um that kind of goes into my next question too and thank you thank you guys for listening we're we could go on and on because we have we we love this stuff um so hopefully you're understanding that we're in the age of aquarius and i don't know if we mentioned this but how long does this age go for oh it's well ages are 2160 years but this is also something I talk about in the webinar because there's different ways to calculate the length of the ages. And so that's also adds to the fun conversation about where are we and when is what happening? You know, there's the way that I really view it is there's many kind of like dreams, you know, you have a dream, there can be a personal piece. There can be, it could be an archetypal dream. It could be, you know, um, something you're connecting with someone else in the dreams for that person. It could be a prophecy kind of dream. There's so many ways to interpret dreams. Same thing with the ages. There's so many ways to look at them, and they all have important information. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, who knows, unless we put this into a time capsule that gets landed on a star, everyone that's <laughs> listening, you are in the age of Aquarius for your lifetime. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, that, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, so we're in it. We're in it, like you were saying. This is yes. the age that, and congratulations, you've made it to the age of Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, we're all here for a reason. Yes, absolutely. And, um, so that was one thing that was leading me to, you know, understanding your natal chart and understanding astrology and how important I believe that, you know, sometimes to me, I feel like emojis are just hieroglyphics coming back to life and we're going into language again of the stars, you know, utilizing like sacred geometry and these ways that this language is coming through this mathematical language, the star language. And so knowing your chart, knowing astrology and knowing your chart is to me a skillful mean. I love using that word. My teacher, <laughs> Cornfield, we use that with us all the time. Said, What's your skillful mean? So it's one of your skillful means for the age of Aquarius. So um, I want to talk about that a little bit is, is you know, um, as Harmony works with people all over the world and know in workshops and webinars and retreats and clients one-on-one but how vital is it that right now for people to truly know their charts i so for me i mean up until i got into some other things but the first two things that were so pivotal on my path of awakening were astrology and yoga so astrology opened up the vastness of the heavens and like really helped me to understand that no, there's so much more. And there's all these connections to the cosmos and, and there's ways of understanding the rhythms of the universe 
and how we connect to those rhythms and how we have rhythms and cycles in our lives just like planets do. And so it really opens you up to a, a higher vision of both yourself but also the cosmos. And then yoga opened the body, you know, and, and helped create space as you work all this stuff out for the spirit to come more fully in and anchor in. And so these two things have been very pivotal in my path. Um, and, you know, time and time again, when I have clients or students, they'll tell me these two things are what woke them up. <laughs> Absolutely. You must yeah. do your sadhana. And, and would you say, I mean, my, my dear friend, Kawakea, her husband, Fodiaba, um, was an incredible astrologer and one of my main teachers when I was, gosh, in my twenties, but he was, um, he was so precise, you know, where he'd be like, Marnie, your chart, this transition's happening, do this meditation at this time, on this day, with this oil, under this moon. Like, it was so precise. <laughs> and it, you know, it to me, it was, it was such gorgeous work, but it was really hard for me to keep up with it. And um, so I just made sure that I, I understood the three, the three, like where my sun was, where my moon was, and what my rising was. And, and you know, if you guys don't know where yours is, I mean, we'll give a link and I'm sure um, Harmony has something that can help people learn about their charts. Well, first of all, I can tell you a wonderful free site to cast charts is astro.com. So you can always cast free charts there, which is amazing. I, I have all my students cast all their charts there. Um, so yeah, it, I will say I've been studying astrology for 24 years. So it is like a lifelong study. You know, there's so many details and a lot of people will tell me, well, I find it so interesting, but it's like kind of overwhelming. And so, you know, it's definitely starting with your sun moon arising is beautiful. I mean, most people usually know their sun sign unless you're born on a cusp where it was like the day, you know, it changed yeah. from one sign to another. The, the moon and rising, you need to calculate your chart because the moon moves into a new sign every two and a half days and the rising sign changes to a new rising sign every two hours. Um, so it's very specific to the location you were, you know, the place you were born, the time you were born and the day and of course year. And the way that I see, I call it the triplicity, the sun, moon and rising. So the sun is your outer self. It's where you shine. It's your where you want to be seen. It you know it's literally like the sun in our solar system. It's the center of everything. Everything's revolving around. Even the glyph for the sun, it's a circle with a dot in it, mm -hmm. and the dot is the small self and the ego, and the circle is the higher self, the total self. And really, the journey of the sun is to realize uh, both to know what's the small self, but also the biggest self, the highest self, and um, understand that that small self is contained in something much larger. So your sun is your outer self. It has to do with more extroverted, young energies. It's often considered to be more of like what might show up as your, your masculine, um, not about gender, but just about essence. But of course, if your son's in Pisces, that's a very yin sign. So what sign it's in is going to be, you know, coloring things. The moon is the unconscious. So where the sun is more yang, the moon is yin. Where the sun is like, look at me out here. The moon is more like hidden. Um, the moon has to do with our emotions and our feelings and our, uh, you know, what we need to feel safe and secure. It can speak to the inner child and our childhood. And then the rising sign is the mask you show to the world. Mm -hmm. How people first perceive you has a lot to do with personality, even literal physical appearance. Like cancer rising people often have moon-shaped faces and Leo rising people often have like a mane of hair that makes you think of a lion. And mm -hmm. like there's like these interesting, yeah. you know, you can, I actually tend to be able to read people's rising signs. Yeah. Um, but not like a parlor trick. If anybody <laughs> that out, they're like, what is that person? What is that person? And then I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but I usually feel the essence of, of rising sign. And so, and that's the one that moves the quickest. Um, you know, the sun is in a sign for 30 days. The moon is in a sign for two and a half days. 
but your rising sign changes every two hours based on the day you're born. So that's that time piece. Um, and these three weave together, you know, your outer self, your inner self, how you present yourself to the world, how you relate to people, you know, how you want to be seen, but what you really need. Sometimes there's fluidity and alignment, and sometimes there's differences. You know, sometimes like your son likes to be on stage and creates, and then your moon might be in like Pisces and just wants to be behind the veil in the midst, you know? <laughs> totally. and, so, and then it's like, how do you make sure all parts of yourself are being honored? Yeah. And, you know, how to weave things together. So that's a great starting point. Um, and I will say studying astrology is mind expanding. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times my students are like, my mind is being blown. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's just opening because we're becoming so much more aware of the vastness mm -hmm. of the infinite mm -hmm. when we connect with astrology. Absolutely. So wonderful. And I, I love it because, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're curious about it, um, as, as Harmony is saying, there's so many resources out there right now. And I really feel that you will resonate with a certain teacher at some point on your path. And if you're resonating with Harmony, she's going to be offering a really special webinar that we talked about um, this coming Saturday you know, which is the 20th and I had to at look at my calendar. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Hawaii time. 8 a.m. Hawaii time. <laughs> there you go. You've got all the, all of the, what would people, um, and we'll put all that link and information for you guys um, on the podcast link and everything. So you guys can, can sign up for her free webinar. But what would be, um, if we go back to Age of Aquarius, what would be your best advice you know, for people knowing that this is kind of astrologically, this is the time that we're in. And that, that I kind of, when I think of it, I think of it's like, it's like the collective energy. It's like what we're all going through um, collectively together. So we're not in an era of time that was uh, focused on what we had before, which was the age of Pisces, which to me really represented and I'll be just be blunt, like the age of the patriarchy, you know, the age of hierarchy, the age of capitalism, industrial revolution, like lots of things that are governed by Pisces. And now we will be moving more into an age governed by the sign of Aquarius. So can we talk about maybe what that what that would we already kind of I think everyone's getting a good sense of it now. I mean, I think the internet is a great example of an Aquarian tool. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. So I wanted to ask that. Well, it's a lot of technological advances. It's a lot, of, like you said, I forget how you worded it, but you're like fast moving, like it's coming in quicker, like that's very Aquarius. And so actually one of the key things that is very important for all of us to be doing is grounding and embodiment and shadow work because one of the shadow sides of Aquarius is like, let's go up and out. You know, it's like all being in the mind, but it's disconnected from the body. It's escaping emotions. And actually, you know, full incarnation, full embodiment requires emotional intimacy, requires that we're doing our shadow work. Otherwise, all this light that comes in, you know, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. Yes. And so this is like, the, the balancing energy for the Aquarius, just like the previous age for Pisces, the balancing energy with Virgo. And Virgo is all about service and well-being and health and analysis being critical. The shadow of Pisces is it's not critical enough. It just goes, oh, yeah. I'm being told this, so it must be true. Or, you know, whereas Virgo's like, wait a second, I have some questions about that and wants to analyze. So Aquarius requires that we do this this other work to bring balance. And um, and really a big part of this is also the collective. You know, we were talking about this before, but it's like we're moving away from patriarchal, egocentric, top-down pyramid scheme, mm -hmm. you know, and we need round table, we need like 
all people sitting together equally honoring what everyone brings to the table mm -hmm. i had a dream that i want to share i share it in the webinar too but um i had this dream where i was looking out at a lake and a woman started rising was a lady of the lake but then like literally seconds after she was rising thousands of other women were rising out of the lake and a loud moving voice said it's not the return of the one it's the return of the many mm. that's what this is mm. and so we're it is <laughs> at this time we're all supposed to work together it's community it's collaboration it's honoring of the different gifts we each carry that like are all needed and we all you know join together and realize these great visions and goals not because one person's doing it at the top but because we hold hands and we walk each other home mm, beautiful i feel it i mean i'm i'm all for it and I, I i feel like i've been existing in that since i was born but you know i'm like i'm gonna be probably we're you know you're one of the ones like bringing the frequency in with you so. come on everyone let's do this uh we can all heal let's all do it together yeah it's and it's been quite a journey and i think that many people are very there's a lot of us you know, healers who are like, yes, like it's time, right? Like we can all support each other and, and collaborate with each other. And we're all unified in a way of like delivering a very similar message, which is really very, very beautiful. Yes. And actually one other thing I want to say that you're just reminding yeah. me of. So the healer things, there's, you know, we, you're a healer, I'm a healer, we manifest different yeah. ways, not just like, you know, hands-on healing. Yeah. Um, what I think is also very important right now, especially because it's so activating of a time is that the, the people who are healers, who are here to help, who genuinely care, are doing really good self-care. Yes. Because it's really easy to just be like, oh, I want to help. And then you like, you you get burnt out, you mm -hmm. get tapped out, you, you know, like that is so important because we need everybody holding their light and you you gotta take care of yourself, you know, yes. in equal measure to take in care equal. of others. And Absolutely, which is, I mean, I don't know if we can talk about this a little bit because this was a really big part of my journey, probably um, really sort of beginning, I don't know how many years ago, maybe a decade ago, but it was all around Chiron, the wounded healer. And I wanted to talk about that, ask you a question about that a little bit because I do feel we're moving out of it, thank God, is this codependent healer kind of entanglement of, um, which is something that I always go over with with people is, you know, we're all guided and everyone is, is an incredible teacher, even the guy on the street, to your children, to the food, to an amazing spiritual teacher or a wonderful astrologer. Um, it's, it's interesting because you're going to, it's important to shift that and to take responsibility for your own path and not have these relationships with a healer per se or a teacher per se. And also for like myself, like I had to stop doing hands-on healing um, because my adrenals were completely fatigued and that was my lesson, but it's important. And I feel the significance of understanding Chiron um, and the wounded healer and his journey right now, because he, he just went through a big shift. Am I right? Well, he's in Aries. What do you mean? I think he moved out of like a really long cycle. Um, uh, I know you don't. Well, he has, so a Chiron um, has an egg-shaped orbit. So sometimes he's closer to Saturn and sometimes he's closer to Uranus. And he takes 50, 51 years to move through all the signs. So everybody gets a Chiron return. Like, you know, maybe everybody listening has heard of Saturn return. That happens around 2930 and then again 5860 and then again 88 to 90. Mm -hmm. And Chiron return happens at 5051. Happens for everybody around that time. But because his orbit is elliptical, he'll spend like a year and a half in one sign and then he'll spend like seven or eight years in the opposite sign. He doesn't go through all the signs equally. He just moved out of Pisces, the last sign, into Aries. So technically you could see him as starting a new 50-year journey through the signs. Yes. Um, so that's, 
you know, that can be part of the interpretation. But a lot of times when people are talking about Chiron um, just finishing up a cycle, they're, they're often talking about their own Chiron return. Like they're just hit 50 or 51 and they completed a cycle. So um, you could see it either way. And Chiron, I love Chiron. I mean, he's he's part human, part God, first of all. His dad's a God, his mom's a human. And he's part mortal and part divine. He's also part animal. He's horse on the bottom and he's human or, you know, like, yeah, human on top. And he literally is a bridge between the human and the divine, the mortal and the immortal, the, the lower self and the higher self, animal side of ourselves and the higher, you know, human part of ourselves. Like represents this bridge. He's called the rainbow bridge, Chiron rainbow bridge. And part of that is because he bridges the last of the visible planets, Saturn, to the first of the invisible, Uranus. Like he literally, his orbit loops between the two of them. So he bridges the transpersonal planets with the social personal planets. Wow. So, and he's like the key, like his, his glyph looks like a key. Mm -hmm. And he really is a key. It's like a key that can unlock and bring your full divinity in through embodiment. But he does that by way of taking you in to all your wounds and pain. Like he, he's where our biggest wounds and pain are. And they're not the wounds and pain that are gonna like magically go away when you find a magic wand. Like you have to develop more self-love, self-compassion, self-awareness, self-acceptance. Your wound doesn't go away. Your mm -hmm. relationship to the wound is what changes. Mm -hmm. So usually when we're younger, we're either running away from that wound and we're not wanting to acknowledge it, or we're collapsed into the wound and coming from a victim state. And when we do the work with Chiron, we stop running from it, we stop like enmeshing with it, we start relating to it, and then it becomes this amazing gift because it opens the heart, you know, to understand pain and move through it is a very heart expanding experience. And so he actually is this amazing astrologer and teacher to a lot of the major heroes in Greek mythology and the myths. And it was really out of the experience of his pain that he became such a great teacher. And so that's Chiron. I mean, he he's fantastic, but he's really intense. I mean, yeah. when he's getting triggered in your chart, you're like curled in a ball sobbing. <laughs> so you're feeling your humanity, you know, and you're feeling your heart if you let that emotional energy move through you and you don't like block it. Yeah. So, He's pretty fantastic. This year, some of the major astrology of 2021, one is Saturn square Uranus, which I talked about. The other is Saturn sextile Chiron. And I, I call Saturn and Chiron the two heavy hitters because Saturn's where our limitations and karma and restrictions are. And then Chiron's where our wings and pain are. And they're both like key areas of deep work in the chart. Wow. And they're sextile each other all year. So there's this amazing opportunity this year for mm -hmm. commitment to your inner work, your healing and your wholeness. Like there's really a lot of space opening for diving deeper and wow. doing deeper inner work this year if people choose. I mean, yeah, you know, sure. but he's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> well, happy. I'm like so happy you just gave me all of that because I've been feeling it and then I just, I've been wanting a new gong and then my friend was like, I'm, I'll give, I'm letting go of my Chiron and it just kind of landed in my lap and I'm, I just like committed to it yesterday and now it makes total sense with everything that I do and activating the rainbow light body and doing deep healing work and just like, I'm just so excited about it now. Now I'm like, yes, and this is what I love about astrology, you guys, because this is where you you're you're consciously living your beautiful life. And then unconsciously you're creating all this magic for yourself. And then when you bring the two together, you have these big aha moments and astrology can really help you to bring that into your own awareness so that you're like, no wonder I ordered the Chiron Kong. Like of course like that makes total sense you know do you know where your chiron is like the sign and house um it's in libra 
wait, wait, wait. Chiron is an Aries for me. Oh, so you're going, what degree? Can you see it? Chiron is the key, right? It's the yeah. Swirl, the yeah. K one. Yes, that's it. Oh, so 11 degree, you're going through Chiron return this year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you, it's coming all this year for you. Yeah. That is excellent that you're getting your phone. That is perfect timing. <laughs> I heard the frequency. I said yes to it. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I turned 50 in September. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. It's such an initiation. It's, it's, you know, there's always the higher and lower side of everything. So, you know, the shadow side of time return is like wherever wounding hasn't been fully gone into it all it'll return you to the original source of the wound so mm -hmm. you can get in deeper but it's also this amazing time to reclaim parts of yourself that you had to hide or, or let go of or put in the closet because when you're young very often the sign chiron's in there was something about that energy that wasn't accepted whether it was our family or, you know, our, our, our teachers or whatever. Chiron and Aries, it's often like we had to stuff our anger. We were told we were too energetic or had too much fire and we were told mm -hmm. to tone it down. Mm -hmm. So part of Chiron Return is reclaiming the mm -hmm. gift of the sign that Chiron's in. Mm -hmm. And especially because you're so Venusian mm -hmm. with all your Libra, um, yeah. you... Aries is the, the the pairing, you know, Aries is Mars, the right. divine warrior, the masculine, right. who meets and and is in union with Venus, mm. the feminine. So it's very, it's going to be a very powerful year for you. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks everyone for listening to <laughs> yeah, sorry. I got like, I got extra special, extra special reading right there. I love it so much. Like, it's in the, it's the current moment for you. It's the current moment. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm so thankful for my life. I just have such a, such an amazing life. And, um, and all of you can too. You all can have an amazing life too. Uh, this energy though, with the last question with the Aquarius age of Aquarius. So can we talk about the, the sign of Aquarius? Like we just spoke about Aquarius and you, as you said, the, the ancient planet is Saturn and the newer planet that it's connected with is Uranus or Uranus. Um, can we talk about Aquarius for a little bit? Yeah, so this is the last of the air signs and air is all about the intellect, humanity, about communication and Aquarius is the sign of community and collective care and social justice. It's the sign of technology and you know going beyond what we've done before like literally as we moved into the Aquarius age I mean we've been having so many technological advances if you just look back I've actually made a list in my webinar so there's a slide where I talk about like the first robot the Wi-Fi the first cell phone the and you just start seeing how it amps up quicker and quicker and it's like whoa we're just like exploding in technology and technological advances. Um, so it's a sign that's very associated with community and groups and friendship circles. And it tends to be very heady sign because it's an air sign. So it loves to think and, and have these insights. And that's why it's connected to science. It's also connected to astrology though. Um, the shadow side of Aquarius is it can just be in the head and it can be disembodied, it can be cut off from emotions mm -hmm. um you know so there's work around the body and emotions for mm -hmm. aquarius and it's the sign of the rebel and the revolutionary and the great awakener you know it's it's about change like aquarius comes in to implement change and to uh, you know, see the the possibilities and, and is not a sign that's like, yeah, let's stick with the old, you know, it's like, no, the new, <laughs> and stabilizing the new and then needing to go against those who are stuck in the past and don't want the new to come in, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. so that it's a very um, inspiring energy, mm -hmm. but also ungrounded which I'm sure a lot of people have been feeling these last few weeks. Yes, but yes. It literally feels like you're plugged into an electrical outlet. Yes. 
So grounding is important. I'm doing lots of meditation every morning. I'm hiking with the trees. I'm taking salt baths almost every night. Like I'm, yeah. I'm doing whatever I can to ground of yeah. you know, the energy because it is very. Woo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it will continue, right? It will continue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere, which is you know, really why I feel like I became a a yoga teacher and a and a kundalini teacher is because I I had to practice breath work every day. I'm like I'm not gonna make it, you know, if I don't if I'm not in the body. It's like your nervous system can't keep up with it. It's just, it's such a, it's so many incredible activations and triggers and so much shadow works coming up and we see it happening all over the planet right now. And, um, and really this time, I hope all of you are, are taking and drinking in all this beautiful, um, Ike, this beautiful knowledge from our sister here from harmony so that you can better understand the times. And this is one of the Aquarian sutras from Yogi Bhajan is like, get with the times. That was one of his Aquarian sutras. It's like, you know, it's it's not meant to be the same. Like you must understand the times, you know, and then vibrate with the cosmos. So understand the times, this is um, really understanding that this whole age of Aquarius and that we're in it and and to understand the sign and we just moved from Aquarius into Pisces season right now but it's still for the sun yeah yeah sun yeah it's still gonna be a prevalent theme like for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> many lifetimes to come <laughs> and many lifetimes to come, right? So it's time to do the work, which is kind of what my my whole mantra is. And everyone's probably like, and there go Marty goes again, like it's time to do the work, people, you know. And so find your find your tribe to do the work in. And there's many many people, but I want to um, one just. I'm so happy that we connected and I feel like you're a long lost sister and we have so much in common. Like her daughter has a a little bit of Burmese blood in her too, right? Yep. <laughs> through her dad through her dad so i'm like there's so many connections here and we both have pisces rising which is really awesome also yep. <laughs> um but we have um i wanted to let you guys know as we end this podcast today if you're interested in learning more about the age of aquarius and this great year um Harmony is doing a really special webinar and it's a free webinar and I'll put the link as I mentioned in our bio um, just so that you can sign up for it. You can go to divineharmony.com. Please follow her on Instagram which is divineharmony, D-I-V-I-N. E H A R M O N Y dot com. Um, so it's the same for her Instagram and it's and for her for her website as well. And the webinar uh, for Hawaii people, if you're listening, is going to be 8 a.m. Hawaii Standard Time. And in, in Pacific Time, that's it's 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And if you can't make that time, a replay link will be going out on Monday the 22nd. So you can still sign up. And then you'll get the replay. I'm only going to be sending it out to who has signed up. So, signed up, yeah. So even if you can't do it live, if you're interested, just register and then you'll get the replay next week. Beautiful. And if you're resonating just like with her vibration and her frequency, like go to divineharmony.com and sign up for her, all her goodies and her newsletter and everything like that. I'm sure you'll find something that you'll want to connect with her and hopefully um, she and I can do some fantastic collaboration in the near future we'll see how that lands i'll bring her back to hawaii back to oh. her roots <laughs> yeah. so thank you so much for being on the golden thread podcast and is there any last last sage words of advice that you'd like to give our listeners um you know for me i'll just share what what i'm really present to right now is i'm just i'm spending every day as I wake up meditating and doing a lot of gratitude, just being super aware of everything that I have that I'm grateful for, because it is such an intense time right now. We all have our areas of life that are like intense, you know, and it's like when we focus on gratitude and on, um, you know, being centered in the heart, it just makes it's so much easier to navigate the intense things and even actually find answers or openings in those intense areas of life that maybe we wouldn't have seen if we were you know 
digging our heels in and resisting something or frustrated. So that's what I'm present to right now. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. So let's all take some deep breaths and get into our heart space together. Maybe just inhaling here. And if you're driving and listening to this, please don't do this while you're driving. <laughs> but if you can, just take a deep breath with us and inhaling and exhaling mahalo mahalo kia thank you so much sister for being on the podcast blessings to you and your ohana in hawaii misses you and i heard the call so i'm so happy that we connected and i hope to see you in your webinar and if not sometime in the near future but thank you thank you thank you <laughs>